Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Okay, this week's episode of Wife the Party is one of my favorite people on the planet. Inarguably, one of my favorite people is Paula, my friend Paula. Paula uh, was a very successful actress on Broadway and on the screen for a long time. She uh, stopped doing that, had kids, and now is uh, staging homes for uh, sale for realtors. And she's going into people's homes and making them even more their own by bringing out the kind of special pieces that they see in their home and building off that. She is so talented at um, figuring out how to express another person's being in their physical space. So when we were uh, rebuilding Bert's podcast studio and my studio, I asked her to help me. And oh, my God, I couldn't have done it without her. I, I, I just simply couldn't have done it without her. Halston, Jennifer, Paula and I built and a few other helpers, Christian, too, who was in the background, helped us a ton to get all of this up and running. But really, the vision of the aesthetic was mine and Paula's. And wow, she just killed it. And and at the same time, had no ego, had so much fun. We had so much fun just collaborating and problem solving and we talk about that in this episode, about how we work together and about how this podcast studio was built. And it was an amazing experience. It was a gift to me because I've, I felt from the first time I saw Paula, we would be friends. But we're running in a little bit different circles and there was no natural way to, to hang out. Um, and this this became it, I think. Uh, friend for life, Paula, is my friend forever. And I adore her and I love what she did in this space. The support and the help she gave me was invaluable, even in just validating what I was feeling and also in facilitating all of the purchases of all the small and large items that needed to be purchased to, brought, to be brought in to make the studio amazing. So thank you so much, Paula. She's always so charming and lovely and open. I, I know you'll enjoy the conversation as much as I did. You know, I like to learn every episode if I can. And I definitely learned a lot on this one about myself and about her and about um, this process. So I hope it's an interesting conversation to you. It certainly was to me. Thanks for coming back every week. Thanks for sharing my podcast. Thanks for your emails, birdieboyproductions.com, wife of the party tab. Thank you so much for letting me know your thoughts and ideas about how we could make this podcast even better. Keep them coming. So I hope you enjoy today's episode with Paula as much as I enjoyed today's episode with Paula. Oh, and by the way, I have a panther in studio now. Her name's Paula too. So if you ever hear me talking about Paula the panther, you'll have to check her out. You'll see her. Paula the panther and Paula the designer. Thank you very much for today's episode. Bicycle past your window last night. I roller skated 
right. so much for those gifts. Oh, you're welcome. I can't wait to put them in. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in their spots. They're perfect. Good. Yeah, I am a swan. I am you a swan. are a swan. I'm not always a swan. I um, I, I lost my temper on Monday and yelled. Mm. And I haven't done that probably since college. Really? Yeah. Like, like since college. Probably, yeah. I can't. How did remember. that feel for you? Um, it was it felt it was really interesting because um I was I was um I wasn't embarrassed at all, and I thought I would be really embarrassed. Mm. But I also felt like uh I felt like that was um it, it dug up a lot of old stuff. Mm. You know, I used to fight a lot, like fist fight a lot because I'm Crazy. so classy. Crazy. Like in college, I would get in a lot of like in mouthy, college, you yelly. Yeah. Physical? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I would always be very, I was always very loud fighter, mm-hmm. yelly fighter. You know, the small people mm-hmm. sometimes get real loud and big. I guess I did mm. yell once in New York. I got mugged in New York and I yelled at that guy. Um, I yelled at him a lot and then, and then dealt with it. But it's an odd feeling to lose your temper at 52. I don't lose my temper ever. And so it was an odd feeling. And Bert kept going, I know you're embarrassed. And I kept saying, but I'm actually not embarrassed, (laughs) but I am like off kilter a little bit. Are you still? Yeah, I'm still, I'm still surprised at it, maybe more than embarrassed because the th- the words that came out of my mouth, I very much meant, mm-hmm. but the volume and the intensity with which it came out. Could you have said the exact same words in a different way or were those emotions what needed to match those words? I wonder sometimes because I never lose my temper. And so sometimes. And you pride yourself in that, I would imagine. Well, I just don't. Or is it just who you are? I think it may be a little bit of both. Mm. It is who I just don't, I don't see any need to get all Looney Tune <laughs> anymore. That was the primary way I communicated mm. in conflict when I was a teenager, because as a child, I couldn't speak at all. So then the backlash was, you know, you motherfucker, take mm. it outside. I'll whoop your ass. Like that kind of talk is what right. I would do. And I didn't, I wasn't saying that, but I was like, hold on one second. <laughs> And I was really angry. <laughs> and I just don't get angry like that very often. So I think maybe it scared me a little bit. Huh. Because back in the day when I would fight like that, it would never end well. Right? Mm. I would hit people. I was not in any position to even come close to hitting anybody. But the energy level, like I would get so angry when I was younger that I would hit pit someone and not realize I'd hit them. And then right. later go, oh, I just hit him. Right. Um, that's not good. Right. And then I have to backtrack. I never got to that point, obviously. Right. But I was, but the yelling piece, I was like, oh boy. Must have scared you. I didn't know that was that's still in, in there. <laughs> I thought that all gone to sleep. Uh, could this be menopause? Uh, exactly. <laughs> could this be? Holy that's what yes. I thought. I was like, could this be part of my menopause is that I mm. have this real piece of rage that I just don't allow myself to have because it's just so unproductive mm-hmm. and not necessary. And then when I, I just, it took me really by surprise. Um, and I think it scared me a little bit. Mm. You ever yelled at anybody like that? 
Probably not. Yeah. You have? Oh, yeah. I yelled at my son. Well, I've yelled at my kids too, I guess. But like but... out of control yell. Mm. Like twice. Mm-hmm. And it is so scary because you're, an alien has entered your body. Yeah. I mean, you almost can like, you can watch yourself. It's mm-hmm. really, and I grew up in a house where my dad was a yeller mm-hmm. and my mother just, we always say she's purse-lipped. She'd just keep her mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm much more my dad than my mom. Yeah. And it freaked me out mm-hmm. that I had that power. But I think it's, you know, men are, how come men are allowed to scream like that? You're right. How come we have to internalize that rage? Right. Like it would probably be very different for the people on the receiving end. I mean, that would be interesting to talk to the people on the receiving end. Well, some of them are here today. (laughs) Welcome and come on in on the couch. I didn't yell at anybody here. I really yelled at Bert. I was yelling at Bert and about, I was yelling about what was, I was angry about. Not necessarily, or at least I don't think so. Maybe Jennifer can come tell me whether I was yelling at people. Um, I was defending people and I was angry at what was being said. And I thought it was enough. It hit a nerve in me. And like, I didn't really even realize I was yelling Hmm. until Bert said, you need to stop yelling. And I was like, I'm not yelling. yelling. (laughs) You want to see yelling? Right. I'll show you yelling. Right. Isn't that fascinating? You, you felt yourself holding yourself back. Yes. Right. Yes. Oh God. But the other side sees a lunatic and I go, (laughs) oh baby, you don't know lunatic. (laughs) I can show you shit. You don't even know about from this stuff. I mean, I used to get, uh, yeah, I have a lot of anger. I think, from childhood that I just didn't, it just wasn't appropriate to handle, you know? Mm. So I think that it really, it scared me anyway. Mm. I don't know why I brought that up even. The swan. Must have been on my mind. Because you're a swan. Oh, it's a swan. Yes. Because I, I never get to like flap my wings and flutter shit around. Um, I'm always just so smoothly, you know, part of what I was angry about was some missteps from employees and um, one employee in particular but I, I I don't I don't feel like that person processed or heard or took responsibility for the problem. So I think part of me felt like, well, then I'm going to I'm going to show you exactly how upset I am about this problem. Mm. And you're not hearing me when I'm talking to you rationally. You're shutting down and closing me off. So so you have to be louder. I'm going to bust to bust through the that. door open. And, and did you? I I, uh, I don't. I think I made him cry. <laughs> so, I, don't think, I don't think it worked. I think it backfired. And then I go, really? You're gonna cry? <laughs> exactly. Well, shit, man. If you'd listened to me the first time, I wouldn't have to make you cry. But that seems to be the path I take with everything. I seem to make everybody cry. He's no, like, you do not. Oh, I what absolutely do, do. I spent half my therapy session about this today because I. I, I I constantly find myself speaking to someone who is crying when the, uh, at whatever I'm talking to them about that's like, hey. This in a is... beautiful, touching way. In a vulnerable way. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, hey, like we had an employee that's no longer with the company that would miss a deadline. Okay. And I would go, hey, what's up with that deadline? You missed a deadline. And m- immediately. <sighs> oh, boy. And I'd be like. Uh, uh, I'm just asking you about a deadline that was on the books that you missed. 
So uh, how else can I ask you about this? Do I need to hand you a bluebird before <laughs> I ask you about your deadline? But I was saying in therapy today, I think I do this thing when I when I have when someone's done something wrong. She told me that I lived my whole life with crazy people mm-hmm. who didn't live in fact. Right. So I can only function in fact. Right. And the fact is, here's a deadline and you missed it. And when someone is trying to get out of that, I get really focused like a tiger Mm -hmm. hunting a pig where I just go, but there was a deadline, Hmm. right? And you missed the deadline and then they break. And so she was like, perhaps, (laughs) perhaps you need to say, okay, I'm going to talk to you about something that's going to maybe upset you, but I have to have this conversation anyway. That deadline did you meet that deadline? She said it may give you the permission to unlock what? the eyes, <laughs> right? That's good. I love your therapist. You're always telling me things that your therapist oh, says. Amazing. I love her. She's amazing. But wait, going back. So you you were raised by these lunatics. Well, one lunatic. My, my dad was right. great, but my dad was non-confrontational. Never confronted anybody about anything ever. So do you feel like when somebody's missing a deadline that... Th- they're turned, they, you fear that they are a lunatic? Do you go there? No, I don't go there. Mm. What I, what I do is I just function so much in fact that I feel like everybody else functions in fact. Right. This is what my therapist said to me today. Right. Most people don't function in as much fact as I do. They function in fact, but not as much. Huh. So when a lot of people, or not a lot of people, she said when some people have had trauma that is you're not privy to, there's mm-hmm. no reason you should know, mm-hmm. and you confront them with fact, it does the opposite to what it does to me. Where I go, I want the fact. Right. I don't want the crazy. Right. Pass on the crazy right. and the excuses and the backpedaling right. and the bullshit. Right. Because no, that, that triggers me into going, okay, you're crazy. Yeah. So I just try to bring everyone into what works for me, which is a fact. Fact, fact, fact. The fact is the deadline was today. The fact is you're late for the deadline. Give me the facts as to why you're late. And then they start going. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because. I don't either. Fact can also be truth. Well, yeah. And I, you know, just spending the time that I've spent with you the past three months, I see that. I see how you run a business, how you deal with employees, how you open about your challenges. And it's, it's all welcome and it's welcomed. I think it was Rachel actually, when I met her the first day, she, um, I was like, oh my gosh, you have a great job. I'm like, I would love, I would, I would love to be around Leanne like that, like carrying on and on about you. And she goes, I know, I know. I want to be just like her. She's my hero. Oh, oh, and that's, that's so nice true. And like thinking about that, I think has to do with what you're saying. There is a lot. I don't think a lot of people are capable of so gracefully. And I guess this is where the swan part comes in. So gracefully dish out fact. Mm. <laughs> honestly and and order and honesty there's a honesty that you invite but also demand which i think is really cool which is also why i think your podcast works right i really you're right about that i absolutely can't deal with dishonesty that's also from my childhood mm-hmm. i can't i cannot cannot tolerate dishonesty i just can't have you ever been dishonest 
Oh, yeah. I lied like a rug. Do you as an adult? No. Yeah. I mean, my daughter has a doctor's appointment. Right. You know, like that. Right. Like we all do. Right. To get a little workaround. But no, 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 no. I don't. I don't just. No, no, no. I don't do that. Mm. I, I don't. I don't. That makes me so but uncomfortable to even think about it because I don't, you know, if someone invites me to a party and I don't want to go, I'll say, thank you so much. I, I can't make it. I won't mm-hmm. make up like, oh, I'm actually busy right. doing this other thing. Right. I, I don't do that. It's so my mom lied so much and made me lie so much that when you get used to living in untruth, you no longer know what the truth is. And it's really hard to find it. Right. So once I figured that out, I was like, okay, well, that's over. Because I lied so much as a young adult. Right. In the same time I was fighting, I was lying a lot because that's what I had that learned. That's what was modeled. Right. right. So, but I think you had to fight for that. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, maybe it's our age, but, like, the things you had to fight for are what drive you and what brought you a, a wonderful family, these exceptional children, um, your husband, everything. But you had to fight for that. And sometimes I wonder, like, am I making my kids fight for anything? Oh, I feel that way too. I feel that way too about my kids. I feel like they have so easy. Um, And and I want them to have it easy. Mm -hmm. There's one part of me that wants to make it easy for them. And I understand the flip side of that is, that will make other things in life harder for them by making this easy for them now. Right. But at the same time, I look at both my kids have had all these major issues with their teeth Mm. and their mouth that Mm. they've had to go through that almost no other kid has to go through. And I go, well, that's their, that's one piece of their hurdle. Their dad has made their lives public Mm. in a way they weren't really, right. uh, didn't have a say in. Right. And that's a hurdle we have to get over. Their dad is larger than life. Mm-hmm. And um, emotions drive that fella. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's not the best parenting style. Mm-hmm. And that's something they have to figure out. So even though they weren't chopping wood for heat like I was, they are doing other things and maybe not enough of those other things, but some of them. And your kids have had to deal with health issues in your family. Yeah, that's and, true. You know, and, um, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. I don't mm-hmm. want to say too no, much about your personal life, anything. but there is stuff in your personal yeah. life that they've had to figure out how to manage and overcome. Yeah. No, it's not being spanked and no, it's not chopping wood to heat your house. Right. You know, but it is relative. They have had a pandemic. Right. Um, right. That we're still figuring out what yeah. that did to anybody. And and, and um, social norms have changed in their lifetime, you know, where uh, everything with the Me Too movement is happening in their, in their mm. childhood and everything with um, gender equality and gender fluidity mm-hmm. is happening. And we mm-hmm. didn't have to deal with any of that. No. And some of that is extremely confusing for a child. Uh, I think Very so confusing. Not that it shouldn't be happening. I agree. But it is not like... A walk in the cake for yeah. a lot of kids. It's really confusing. Yeah. Especially for us parents that didn't grow up with that. Totally. It's really like, I, 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 my, one of my very dearest friends has a daughter who I have known since the day she was born, been a part of my life, and they are now a they. Mm-hmm. And I can't do it. Yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. I, I can't, I like, I like physically, like it's yes. not like I can't do it because I have a chip on my shoulder. I mean, I physically stumble. Yeah. And it's been like a year now. But, you know, in our defense, 
<laughs> they should have chosen a pronoun that wasn't already taken. Okay, what is with the pronoun? Why couldn't we have come up with something else? That's my point, is that because Isla has a friend that's a they, and she'll talk about them in a whole conversation where she's also talking about other people. Thank you. So I get really confused. Thank like, you. Do I have to stop her and say, are you talking about the whole group or are you talking about this person? And she'll clarify. But the, through the whole conversation, I start getting lost. I can't keep up with which they is connected to a singular person or a group. And I go, well, why couldn't they have come up with like, from or like you know <laughs> no totally and or like and who is they like how do terms like come about you know what i mean yeah but like yeah i don't know that that's the piece that's hard for me is that semantic Duos piece or yeah, yeah or like um you know something just totally not uh, yeah um trill yeah <laughs> you know, trill is good anything make up yeah. a word i'm yeah. happy to use that word no i know for me to take a word i've spent 52 years using in one right. context and completely right. be able to like split it in half because mm -hmm. it's not useless as a plural mm -hmm. and now it's it's just it's so yeah. confusing yeah. and it makes me look like an asshole <laughs> because i can't keep i know that one word straight i know and yeah and and the kids are so confused why it's so hard for us I think Isla gets very confused why this is difficult for me. <laughs> and I go, oh, I'm going through menopause. <laughs> oh, I, I'm running so your dad's business. It's... I have my own business. I have teenagers. I have, I mean, I can't keep up with this. But I'm... you do it. You well, do I don't. It. I screw up the pronouns all the time. All right. Well, okay. All that right. Part I screw up all that's time. literally the only thing you do wrong. No, I yelled. Well, you I yelled. yelled in a business meeting. You, you yelled <laughs> in a business meeting. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I did do that wrong. And I apologize to everyone in the business meeting for yelling. Not for what I said. Do you feel okay? Yeah, I feel okay. It but it, it stuck with me. I mean, it's like three or four days ago. And it stuck with me that I yelled in the the with the intensity with which I yelled, which is something very old that I haven't done in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So that stuck with me. Have you heard back from the people? Like, have they all but one shared with you? Uh -huh. All but one were like, absolutely, we get it. We're all overworked. It's I totally get it. Gracious, lovely, everybody mm -hmm. except one. Mm. That well, one has been radio silence and mm. doesn't make eye contact with me either. Oh. And really doesn't really, yeah. That one is I have not heard from. But that's okay. All right. That's okay. All right. I get it. Mm. <laughs> I sort of get it. <laughs> Anyway, everybody loves the studio that um, we did together. I mean, so much fun. Right? So much fun. I had a blast. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, we can thank Sandy for this because when I was finishing my house, I kept going, I am so frustrated. I am stuck. I don't have rugs. I don't have lamps. I don't have any You still don't, don't, by the I way. I still don't. I, I haven't still done don't. that. It's I because we set out for that. pivoted. Right. We did pivot. We had to pivot. We I mean, pivot. you barely started. Did she really? She was the one that said yeah. you should... She oh, said, why Sandy. don't you call Paula? And I went, do you think Paula does that? Like, I mean, she won't want to do that for me. Are She's, you kidding? I was like, does she do that for like a living? <laughs> and Sandy was like, ask her. Just ask her. If she doesn't know, then she might know somebody who does. So just ask her. Oh, I was I'm like, so okay. grateful. So I asked you and you said, yeah. And I was like, yes. Oh my gosh. So much fun. That day after move-in day, I, I think I texted you this. I went home and my husband was literally like, you okay? Like, are you tired? What's what's going on? And I'm like, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad. It was so ever. fun. It was really fun. It was so fun. 
you did a great job. So anybody listening, oh. uh, we bought a, a property that we moved all our studios over into because my house had become too much work. There was no separation of church and state and I needed it to separate. And Bert's podcast and everything gotten so busy that we needed a dedicated space. So when we bought this place, um, it was kind of a blank canvas. It was very dated. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of it is very 90s. A lot of it. It was built, I think, in like, I don't remember. Maybe it was 2002, very early 2000s. Um, no, it was 25 years ago. So whatever that was, 90. early late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just had this vision of like making Burt's studio like a man cave lodge, cigar room, bear den, everything uh, that would be like, just like everything like that. So of course I couldn't do it by myself. I'm really good at vision. And I'm, I think you tell me if I'm wrong. Mm. I think I'm good at a vision and I'm good at the big key pieces. Yes. And then when you get down to the little bric-a-brac, I'm lost. Mm. Would you say that's that's accurate? Yes. Right? Yes. If it's not accurate, tell me. Because remember, I deal only in fact. No. (laughs) So if you factually think. I don't want you to yell at me. So I'm really (laughs) holding back on um, my my reaction to you. Um, Yes. And I think think the most important thing is when you say you have a vision, you know what you want. Uh Uh-huh. Right? And I love that. That's so easy to work with. Right. Um, yes, you are great with the big vision. Great. The big picture. Yep. It's the little bitty, like that plant, I would never have, I've never. And it's so good. And then, but I didn't buy it. But, <laughs> so, well, I did buy the panther. You did. Can everyone <laughs> zoom in on the panther? The panther needs a name. It needs a the crown. It does need a name. It needs, yeah. Maybe some clip on earrings or something. I don't something. know. Should we call her Paula? <laughs> what? Should we call her Paula the Panther? Yes! Let's call her Paula. Please. Oh Paula my gosh, I'm Panther. so excited. I love it. So okay, excited. Paula. Paula needs okay. a crown. Pa- honey, doesn't she? No. <laughs> she does. <laughs> Paula Panther. I love it. Paula Panther. Yes, well, Paula. You yeah. can you can tell every guest you have here that it's their name. It's Paula. Maybe she needs a name tag. This is Paula. No, no, no. No, not, no, not everybody gets that. Oh. You help build this room. So you get the panther. My, you know, I was thinking the other day because I was looking at someone else's house. We have got to put up a picture of what his studio looked like. It was a master bedroom yeah. from the late 90s. Yeah. And that's what an, it looked like. With an ugly fireplace. Yeah. Yeah. That is exactly what it looked like. And, you know, my, I think the reason this worked so well is because I think decorating or your space or where you live is has to be an extension of who you are. And I think that's when you're really happy mm-hmm. and um, inspired by your space. Mm-hmm. And so this was all about personality. Right. And, yeah. and like storytelling. Mm-hmm. And like, like if you go into my house, you can point at anything in my house and I can tell you a full on beginning, middle and end story and might even make you cry by the end of the time I've explained to you right. why that bookmark is leaning against that book. And so that's what made this so fun because everything has such meaning. Mm-hmm. 
it was so easy. Yeah. It was it was effortless, mm-hmm. so to speak. It was a lot of work, but it was not hard work. It wasn't no. like drudging, dreadful, um, uh, exhausting. I don't want to deal with it work. Even with, so when we had this master bedroom, <laughs> when we bought this house, I had a vision of where everything would go in this room. Mm-hmm. Bird guests would go here. Open tabs would go here. Uh, two Bears, One Cave would go here. In the beginning, we thought it was going to be downstairs. We did. Bert wanted it downstairs, oh. and I vetoed that. Right. I was like, no, too many problems downstairs. Right. So we put it upstairs, and how many times did that oh vision? <laughs> oh, my gosh. How many times? And then, and then we would figure it out. And, I mean, we would figure it out to a point where we knew the wallpaper. We had the wallpaper. We had it so set because your vision was so right. And then... We call him in Amsterdam in a strip club and say, do you like this? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, no, it can't be that way. And it's like, okay. Okay. okay." And pivot, (laughs) pivot, pivot, pivot. I think two bears set was in three different places. Oh my gosh. It's in the last place. It was in one and then two and then three. Yes. And if we had walked in there and see, this is the other thing I like. If we had walked in there and said, okay. Two bears should go. We never would have thought that. No. And that corner. Oh, and then remember that one night when I was in there with everybody, we were freaking out. You were in the parking lot. We were FaceTiming. Yes. I'm like, this doesn't look right. Yep. This is fucked. Wait, but, yeah. What are we going to do? Nothing is working. Yes. And Ugh. then that's where it all comes from. You know, that's where the brilliance comes from, I think. Yeah, it does. It's problem solving. Yeah. And, and making something. We didn't build a space the space was here. So you have to work around what you have. Yes. So how do I, that is my favorite problem to solve. Love it. I love to take what you have. Yes. And make it work. Yes. It's right? my favorite thing. I, I, well, that's I, why we, see, we did this so well together because exactly. there can always be a solution. Yes. Al- always. Yes. There is a solution. You just have to keep at it. Whenever I help um, anyone with their house, I, because that's usually what it is. What I get, you know. What do you do? Tell, I don't. Tell I me. don't know. Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, well, I help friends like their homes more. Yeah, and I, that's how it started. And then this week's podcast is brought to you by Lumi. Do you know what Lumi is? Lumi is deodorant and deodorant type products that were created by an OBGYN. They are pH balanced. They're paraben free. They are, uh, they smell amazing. They are effective for like 72 hours. So I like to uh, put the deodorant wipes in my bag because I work out a lot and it's always great to have a good deodorant wipe because, you know, when you work out a lot, deodorant is important. They have feminine deodorant for your feminine areas. They have wipes that can go everywhere, underarms and your, in your, I don't know, your back fat, wherever you need deodorant, Lumi has a product for you. They have whole body deodorant, uh, aluminum free again, baking soda free, paraben free, pH balanced. Lumi starter pack is a perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash and deodorant wipes and free shipping. Like I said, I have the deodorant wipes. I love them. I have the deodorant too. And I like the deodorant too. I like all their products. 
but I love the wipes because I can throw them in my bag and go to the gym and not worry about skeeving anybody out after I finish working out. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with the code WIFE at lumideodorant.com. Lumi deodorant is spelled L-U-M-E, lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use the code WIFE. I'm going to say it one more time. Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant.com. And that will get you 40% off your starter pack when you use the code WIFE. Check them out. You know, it never hurts to smell better in your life. Lumideodorant.com, promo code WIFE. This week's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker. Do you wear glasses? Because I wear glasses. I can't wear contacts. Um, I don't know why actually I can't wear contacts, but my ophthalmologist tells me I'm not ready for them. So I have progressives because I am 52 and I have, I have a hard to fit face because I have a tiny little face. So Warby Parker, this is what is great about Warby Parker for me. You go online, you take a quiz, you take a quiz about shape your face. You take a quiz about what you like about glasses. And then they send you five frames to try on at home at your leisure. Now, don't forget, you have to return the, the glasses. You have to return them so that you're not charged for them. But hey, it's freaking free to try on glasses at your own convenience in your home. Send them back. Order what you want. What you want. Order what you want. Skip what you don't want. It's pretty amazing. Um, and right now, if you add a second pair, you'll save 15% off when you purchase two or more pairs of prescription eyeglasses or sunglasses. Because remember, they do eyeglasses or sunglasses. And back to the try at home kit. You have two weeks to decide. So if you want to like wear a pair for a day and walk around and see how they feel, you have two weeks to figure that out before you have to return them. It's a no-brainer. Warby Parker offers everything you need for happier eyes. Eyeglasses, sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. And you can shop with them online or in stores. Glasses start at $95, and that's including prescription lenses. That's insane. That is so affordable. Try Warby Parker's free Home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free. There's no obligation to buy. It ships for free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. Remember, you have to return them. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash wife. That's warby, W-A-R, be like boy, Y, warbyparker.com slash wife. I kind of, when the market went crazy, I start, I, a friend said, hey, will you stage this house? And I said, sure. So then I started staging and loved it for that exact reason. Like, give me the crappier, the, the crappier, more disgusting, bizarre home, the better. Wow. Because in 24 hours, I can turn that thing upside down and we can sell it for that much more. Amazing. Like, I love it because- that, the fun part about that is that it's all about trickery. Mm. Like, I really like that part. That's amazing. Yeah. It's trickery. Oh, it's all trickery. I mean, the things I have, I mean, I, I've, I found one piece in an alleyway that I used that, I mean, I literally took it from the alley and put it in a corner. Oh my God. And put a plant on it. And it was amazing. Like, oh. I love that kind of yeah. thing. But so I, I staged, I still do that. Um, but my favorite thing is going to my friend's house and them saying, this doesn't feel right. 
which by the way is how this all started and I still haven't done anything in your home. Because oh, we got sidetracked. No, no, this but was anyway. This, yeah, we t- this made a pivot. Yeah, big, big pivot. pivot. Um, but my favorite thing to do is I say, bring me or point to three of the most important pieces in your home. It can be a book. It can be a dress. It can be whatever it is. And we start there. And then I, I redid my bathroom and I said to the person that was helping me, I said, this little tea towel is my inspiration. I want my bathroom to look like that tea towel. Right. So like you just find whatever it is. And I really like, I never went to design school. I honestly don't know if I'm good at it. Like you are. I think, I, I think I'm good at something. I'm not sure what it is, but I do know I've kind of feel like I need to start a new occupation, which is like design therapist. Because <laughs> I'm like, therapist. I'm really good at helping someone figure out what they want mm. or how they feel about what is bumping for them. Like the, um, the tile in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Remember when we had that conversation mm-hmm. and it was like, you want this and you want that but this is why that doesn't work with right. this and this. Right. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's its a creative, fun, I mean, you can look at it as really stupid, which I do. I don't. I don't well, think it's stupid at all because here's why it's not stupid, right? So I walk in Bert's room, mm-hmm. his studio, and it's so finished, right? Mm-hmm. And then I come in this studio and I go, right. there's, there's, I, the studio is great. This there's, corner is finished. This corner is it. finished. And then I want that same feeling in here. Yeah, we'll get so that. So that's why it's not stupid. And I do that at my oh, house too. I see what too. you're saying. So it, it's very important actually. And I didn't, because I didn't grow up, mm. my mom, my mom decorated and the house was impeccable, but I couldn't sit on the couch. Like oh. I couldn't use it. It was all, everything was white and it was all sterile and I had to sit on the floor around the couch. Wow. Did so, anyone ever sit on the couch? Uh, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure if she had adult friends over, mm-hmm. but, um, but okay, I was like, sorry. I'm just not doing that. Uh-huh. I will not be living right, that way. Right. I mean, clearly I have 150 pound dogs right. all over my furniture, oh, right. but that left me with a gap, right? Cause mm-hmm. I, I, I know how to put comfortable stuff in and that's it. Then I go, well, I don't know what to put here because. But see, that's what's, that's why I say, you know what you want and you have a vision. I do. And that's so great. But I don't know how to finish it. Right. So then I always go into a house that looks empty. It looks right. mostly, it looks half empty to me. Right. Where I go into your house and go, this house is full of life, even when no one's home. Uh, right. But mine's full of life because the people that live in it. Right. And a piece or two here and there. Right, right, right. You know, but no one would walk into my house and see a finished well, they will show palace. Right. Oh, my kitchen is pretty great. I mean, come on. But other than that, everything else is like 80% done. Right. The whole house is at 80%. Even my master bedroom. You know, I, I go in my master bedroom. You have added the three pieces of things on the wall all came from you. <laughs> I was in the bed the other day going blank wall, blank wall. Yeah. Blank wall, blank wall. Right. <laughs> I don't know what to put on these walls. Right, right, right. And that blank wall just makes it feel empty. Yeah. You know, when you have and too unfinished. many of them. Right. Yeah. There's too many blank walls in my house and 
too many empty corners and right. And I just uh, I don't have the bandwidth to really brainstorm and figure out what goes there. Mm-hmm. Where it's a big piece, totally. I don't know why I just have it. Mm-hmm. But the little pieces, I, do, I it bogs me down. And then I go, I don't have time. I just don't <laughs> have time for don't. this. I just I, do. You need a plant in the corner? No. You can function with a couch only. Right. So I have the couch. Right. 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 I have the functional pieces. Right. And then once it gets past function, you know, that's interesting now that I'm saying. Yes, I I know where you're going. I know where you're going. This is how I function with my life. That's right. I get the function done. There's no frills. Mm -mm. That's really fascinating. So then. So then. What does that finished feeling for you give you that the function isn't? Well, let's flip it on the on the other way. Why can't I bring myself to the finished? Nice. Because I don't want you to because that... then I can't. <laughs> so maybe we should stop this conversation. Yeah, that's right now. funny. <laughs> but that is a dysfunction, right? That's yeah. a dysfunction in my my own mental makeup is I'm only willing to get to function. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't get past function. That's why I still so what buy is that? my clothes do at Costco. Not, mm-hmm. That's why I still, you know, what do you sh- not deserve it? Or do you seriously just not care enough? That's a really good question. Well, I know when I walk into something that's finished, I go, this is amazing. Mm. So that's a really good question. I'm going to have to think about that. Why don't I bring myself past the point of functioning? Even, even, uh, yeah, I'm that way, I think, with just about everything. Uh, I just get to functioning and then I move on to something else that needs help functioning. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe I'm spread so thin over multiple functioning places that I don't have time to really finish. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really fascinating. But the function is also like what we were talking about before, which is like fact. You're right. Function, you know. Stays in that fact lane. You are right. You are absolutely right because the frills are subjective. Mm-hmm. Wow. Solving the world's problems Come today. On. That's right for the party. so Come fascinating. <laughs> I, it's really fascinating because that is true. The function is the fact yeah. part of life. The frills make me very nervous. Right. That's why I'm always insecure. That's why I will text you and go, what do you think about this panther? And mm. have to have you tell me. This is so fascinating because that is that is the part that makes me nervous is that subjective part that is people's yeah that's that really is so interesting really because for me it's the opposite. I only live in la la frill land. Right. And I'm really like that's my cuz I grew up in a house that ironically and I, we've talked about this before was much more alike than would ever meet the eye. I had the white couches that I couldn't sit on either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I remember my mom asking, my mom was like, the designer's coming and we're going to redo your bedroom and come, this is going to be exciting. And I sat there, I was so excited. And it was all Laura Ashley'd out. And, and I wasn't asked one question. I didn't get one input. I didn't get anything. My mom was an amazing designer, and so she had great taste. But when you're 12 and 13, 15, 16, you want to do it on your own. Yeah. So I lived in this beautiful home and had this beautiful bedroom that never felt like mine. Mm. But I had a bulletin board. Mm. And I would spend so much time 
rearranging on this bulletin board, like my quotes, my photos, my ribbon, my, and it was just that, because that's the frill. That's, that's, that's where I was safe. You. Yes. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. That's really crazy. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how your psyche manifests in every Everything. moment of your life? And you're not even aware that that's what's happening. I know. But that is what's happening. That is interesting that you weren't allowed or asked any mm -mm. input and except on your bulletin board. And that's where you spent all your time. Mm -hmm. That's so crazy. The things yeah. we learn as we grow older, right? Yep. And I didn't spend any time in the frills. My parents, my dad was all about the function. Nothing right. extra. We go to a restaurant. I had water to drink and an entree. I really? never, ever, ever ordered an appetizer or a dessert in a restaurant until I was a full-blown adult. Nobody did. Really? That just was not done. You go in, you get an entree, and you leave. And you and drink water. Did you ever want more? Um, I... I don't remember. I'm sure I wanted dessert. I mm -hmm. love dessert. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was, that just wasn't done. It just wasn't done. And so what does, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. But because I've been able to interact with your dad a couple of times. Who's, who's the loveliest human. Come on. Have you had him on the podcast? Yes, one time. Oh. And when I tried to get him on it again, he had a full-blown panic attack. He's, he can't him. do it. I would love it. Uh, and he said it wasn't as bad as he thought it was going to be. But he just it just makes him so incredibly nervous. Okay. Um, um, I was going to say, so what does that man who, the entree water man, what does he think of your life now? Uh, he's really proud of, of, course he of is. everything. But I have to tell you, it was a transition. You know, growing up blue collar, um, blue, there's a very different mentality for blue collar and white collar in their value systems. Mm. Neither of them is better or worse than the other. There's mm -hmm. very different. So the, the mentality I understood growing up was that, you know, rich people are probably dirty. <laughs> They're definitely pulling something over on you. Mm. Um, there's no way they made that much more money than I did unless they're crooked. Uh, right. So anybody that had any money was always suspected of some shady that's dealings. That's what I was led to believe. And my mom sort of had that mentality, too, even though she always wanted to be rich. She always felt like someone was screwing her over. You're definitely screwing me over. She she just was a, had a lot of conspiracy theories mm. about everything. But my dad's. I heard the words, uh, you know, they no way he made that money honest over mm. and over and over again. And and now as someone who has come from that and has made money honest, honest. it actually is is possible mm -hmm. to make money honest. And so, you know, I would hide our success from him a little bit for a long time. I bet. Uh, even when we bought the house that we remodeled, um, I didn't want to tell him about it because mm -hmm. I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to feel bad mm -hmm. and I didn't want him to feel bad and I didn't want it to be uncomfortable. But when we bought this house, he was lovely about it. He was very oh. gracious and really great. And I've talked to him a lot about how, you know, we're a pretty generous family. Yes, you are. Um, oh we're gosh. generous monetarily and we're, yes, you are. Uh, we're generous with our time 
And all of that value system came from my dad and his family, for me anyway, Mm -hmm. came from Bert's parents, obviously, for his parents are very generous people. Mm. But my family didn't have a lot of money, but they had a lot of generosity. (sighs) So if there was ever something that, you know, a church that needed a pavilion, my pop would host a barbecue and everybody would come buy a plate and he'd give all the money to the church, you know. So if there was a fire in town, my dad or my pop would go pull fire hose. As this wow. is this is what I was grown yes. up. And so I'm doing the same thing. That's right. It just looks a little different sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. it looks like writing a check to St. Jude. Right. <laughs> sometimes it looks like running a Girl Scout troop for 11 years. Right. You know, so, but it's the same principle. And I think... That may be, I'm speaking for my dad, and may be totally wrong, but I think maybe he saw that the value yes. system is the same. Yes. And that maybe, maybe that's an incorrect um, yes. paradigm a little bit. He still, you know, talks poor for himself and is limited in, his, in himself or like what he's willing to, you know, achieve in his own life Mm -hmm. and that's totally fine Mm -hmm. i'm fine with that i learned so much from the blue collar upbringings that i i keep today you know blue collar families are less concerned about what someone does for a living and more concerned about who they are relative to the community yeah you know who's your mama who's Mm -hmm. your cousin oh your fire department you work volunteer fire department that's what they're concerned with Whereas white collar people are concerned with what do you do do for a living and not in a superficial way, but in a way to identify who you are and what your value system might be. It's a way of finding common community in the white collar is to say, what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. Oh, my brother's a lawyer. What kind of law do you practice? Mm-hmm. Now you have a connection. Mm-hmm. Is to look for a connection. They just look for it in different ways. So That's if so you can see that you're the same you know, you skin the rabbit two different yep, ways. Yep, yep, That's yep, it. Yep. So I was able to figure that out. Um, and I think it helped my dad kind of figure that out. Right. Um, I'm not sure if he's changed that mindset across the board, but he definitely mm-hmm. has changed that mindset where we're concerned. And it sounds like you have changed your mindset of needing to protect him or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gotten better. I've definitely gotten better. After that, we bought the last house, and I told him how much we paid for the house. You did. Yes, I did. Uh I actually didn't tell him. I showed him the listing, Uh. and he misread it (laughs) and thought that we paid, like, you know, $200,000 for our house, Uh which he thought was a ridiculous amount of money. And I was like, that would be lovely. That would be amazing. (laughs) And so, yeah, Mm. I don't know. But he figured it out. And then he was like, okay, okay. He just kind of had to, you know, figure it out. So I don't know. It's been an interesting journey from the way I grew up to the way who where I am today. It's been really fascinating to sit with myself and reflect on the the amazing parts of my childhood that I had with my dad were so very rural and mm-hmm. country and um, farming. And, you know, we we didn't have heat in our house. We chopped firewood for heat and we're freezing. The snake lived under my bathroom cabinet and my dad didn't want to kill it because it takes care of rats. So we had a snake mm. that lived in our house, like a wild snake. And, you know, I opened my chest of drawers one day and it has full of possums. <laughs> 
even know how they got in the chest drawers, but I had possum and baby possums in my chest drawers. And, you know, just like crazy wow. shit like and that. And you have burlap on the wall? Yeah, we had burlap. Uh, the, the log cabin we lived in um, had... Um, for insulation, they just put like newspaper and then hung burlap on top of it, like wadded up balls of newspaper and then this burlap. And does that work between for, the beans? For insulation? I think it works better than nothing at all. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how super effective it is, but hmm. or maybe it was insulation wow. that had burlap on it. There was newspaper somewhere that was shoved like for insulation. But I look at that and I go, it was such a rich way to grow up Ugh. in that everything is an adventure and, a, a, and exploration. And, you know, my dad made me dig ditches and stuff, which I hated. But at the time, at the time I hated. And I look back and go, what an amazing yeah. um, work ethic he taught me. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You got to dig, dig a ditch as big as that couch. It's, you're not doing it one day. Not right. when you're like nine. It takes a long time. When you were nine, you dug a ditch. That we big, started digging told. a ditch. Okay, he bought this log cabin. It's 180 years old when they bought it. <gasps> it was gorgeous. I have pictures of it. I'll have to show you. Had two eight-foot-tall Tiffany stained glass, stained glass windows oh. and a rock fireplace in the middle. Big, open cathedral ceiling. All the wood, huge logs with cement or whatever, mortar, whatever you call it. That we just spent thousands of dollars trying to make Bert's room look like. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Big, wide, like 14-inch wide plank floors. All of this was from a long time ago. There was newspaper on the inside of some of the logs that had dates on them so we could (gasps) relatively date the house. Yeah. Um, But the house needed a lot of work. The kitchen... um, the kitchen cabinets were falling apart. So my dad and his roommate who he owned his two roommates who they owned the house together mm-hmm. and my dad and uh, myself. And one of them had a son named Brandon who was two years younger than me. We all like tore down a barn and used all the barn wood to build the kitchen cabinets out of real barn wood. Um, and obviously I was too young to do a whole lot of that work, but I was there and I was tearing the stuff down and I was carrying wood and I was helping as much as I could. And, but yeah, this, this, they had this log cabin was on a basement. So the log cabin was originally in Virginia, I think, and was disassembled and numbered and put on a train and, and taken to Georgia and then reassembled on top of a cinder block basement. Wow. Who did that? The people who owned it before my dad. But why did they do that? Why did they move it? Because it was just this spectacular log cabin. And they wanted it on, they had 20 acres of land in Georgia. So they bought it and moved it. Oh, wow. So, but they'd put it on this cinder block basement and the basement was leaking. So we had to dig this trench that was like over my dad's head, probably two feet wide, the full L-shaped length of the house, like to dig that whole thing out. So it was awful. It was one of the worst things I've ever done. I still have calluses on my hands from it that, no. that showed up then. So how long did it take you? We did it over a few weeks in the summer. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't dig all day, every day. Mm-hmm. My dad was not like right, right. abusing me. Right. But I did have to contribute. I did have to do work. Um, and, you know, we had to chop wood to heat the house. So we would chop the wood and split the wood and stack the wood. And it's mm-hmm. a lot of work. And I think about that and I go, I can't believe I live here. Yeah. With uh, nobody has this experience. Right. When you, once you get out of that deep of the South. Right. Not many people leave. Um, And 
I don't blame them. You know, yeah. it's, it's actually really sweet, very, yes. very real, very uh, uncomplicated yes. way of living. I don't want to say simple because it's not simple, mm-hmm. but it's very uncomplicated. And I understand the appeal to it. it mm-hmm. My brain just works way too fast. Right. And I can't. I can't move that slow in mm-hmm. my day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. But I go back there every time and I go, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. I, I love that I grew up here, you know, and all mm-hmm. that wild ruralness. Uh, I used to dam up our creek every summer and make a little swimming hole, catch oh. frogs and salamanders and snakes all summer long. I loved it. Wow. It was really cool. Um, probably similar to yours. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a snake in your bathroom? <laughs> Just lived the frogs underneath. were like China. <laughs> <laughs> they were. They were like. Yeah. They were they from, yadro? From, is that what it's yeah, called? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we had the yadro frogs. And, oh gosh. Swarovski. I had to like change the filter on the pool. <laughs> <laughs> same same. Same same. So I, um, you know, I didn't grow up in a lot of design or any of that stuff, but I did grow up in a lot of remodeling and construction and yeah that kind of stuff well that's why you're dad. so good at it so maybe that's another reason is i live my dad's house was all bachelors there right there was no decorations right at their house right it was three bachelors so it looked like function right and they go to my mom's house and couldn't touch anything so right. i think my psyche chose the bachelor pad right you know? right well that's where you felt comfortable and, yeah and yourself yeah like me and my bulletin board. Yeah. Do you, you have a just, bulletin board now? I the ending of of this drama. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to go for something here and it's not working. But the the last line of the script is my whole house is my bulletin board. Oh, now. excellent. <laughs> I love that. No, but like I that's how I feel. I feel like I've I've I was like I'm not hiding behind Laura Ashley anymore. I'm going to put dirt in a Waterford bowl. Have that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to sound ungrateful. I I was, one thing that was very cool that my mom did, might've told you this is, you know, we grew up, we were so fortunate. My dad worked so hard. He was a first generation guy who grew up actually in a, um, In a ghetto, basically. Mm. He had three people living in his backyard in teepees. Oh, my. Yeah. And, you know, he he worked really hard. He found something he loved and got some great chances and took them. And we, I remember when designer jeans came out and my mom wouldn't let me get any because she said we couldn't afford them. Mm -hmm. And we could have. But my mom never let on Mm. that we would be able to afford them. So we did. And I really was stupid. I didn't do the math because I'm like being told this story sitting on an Oriental rug from, (laughs) you know, some dynasty. But it's like, I I love that she did that. Yeah. I love that she did that. I think. I don't know. It's it's. um, Money's weird, man. Mm -hmm. Money is weird. Talk about complicated. Mm hmm. I think it complicates a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, I was just talking about this with somebody else. That person said to me, um, it's complicated when you don't have enough. Mm-hmm. 
to feed yourself, to house yourself. Uh, yeah. And it's complicated when you have enough to give everybody anything they want. In between is good because mm-hmm. you're secure, you're taking care of your needs, mm-hmm. and you can take care of your kids, your spouse, your family in an appropriate way. Yep. Once it gets on one of the other of those ends, it gets really complicated. Right. And I was like, someone is psycho calling me. <laughs> um, and I was like, that's interesting. I think that is really true where it does get really complicated and it can get complicated in the middle too, but I think it's far more complicated at the other two ends of right. the spectrum. Right. Um, it's a, uh, that's good that she did that. Mm-hmm. That is smart. Um, we, we always say with our kids, we're, our kids have said they were glad that Bert got successful when they were older. I bet. Because we lived in Good an apartment until Georgia was six and Isla was four. We mm-hmm. bought our first house when Isla was four. And it was a, a great house, but it was, you know, tiny, 1,800 square feet, regular person, regular mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. no pretense, no fancy, mm-hmm. you know, throw everybody in the living room with a pizza and mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. And they were there until they were in high school. Yeah. So... Uh, and they're glad of that because the house we live in now is pretty big mm-hmm. and sort of fancy mm-hmm. and and not at all really who we are at the core. Right. And at the same time, exactly who we are. At the right. Core. Because right. it looks like my granny's house right. on steroids is it what does. it looks like. So you have overalls framed in your dining room. I do. I have her quilt on the perfect. wall. Dogs everywhere. Love it. Um, but but yeah, I uh, we got this uh, special. um tickets to bruno mars and um i told the girls about it and Isla goes it's the perks of dad Aww. i said yeah it is the perks of dad and then a minute later a few minutes later she said you know i'm glad the perks of dad are here now because if the perks of dad showed up when i was like six i just think that was normal good for her man and i went you're right it, this is awesome to have special tickets to bruno mars thank you dad is that but you're 15 and this is just happening now so at Eight, we wouldn't have been able to afford tickets to Bruno Mars. That is you know, great. I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. But I love that they had that kind of insight. Georgia said that to me too. She said she's so glad she went to public school until high school, because she feels like the kids that uh, that just went to public school all through school mm-hmm. don't have a good uh, experience of what life is in general. Mm-hmm. There's no good. You know, it's just a very narrow lane, which yes. is not a bad lane. Uh-uh. It's just narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the same as going to, you know, public school has 1,800 kids where kids are, you know, fighting and yeah. having sex in the bushes. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, yeah. Not that you want them exposed to that, but that is actually. No, I know. Fact-based yep. living. <laughs> yes, it is. So, yes, it is. Not La La Land. But that says so much about you guys, too, that like, because I think a lot of people a lot of kids that would be 15, their parents are, that can afford or receive from Perks, the Bruno Mars tickets, think that's a reward to them or that's a sign of love to them. Mm. Because I think that's what happened with me. Mm. I mean, my dad was never home. Mm-hmm. And, but every now and then we'd do these really incredible things that a lot of other people didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's what I associated mm. with love. Right. So your kids have just always known, right. You know, that where the, where the right place from love 
is. That's another part. I'm going to pivot real quick. Uh-huh. I love Isla. Yeah. I really, she's a cool chick. Yeah, she loves you too. Oh, I hope. Because I does. really, I mean, we've barely interacted, Yeah, but I love her. Yeah, she loves you too. She's a mini you too. She is a little bit of mini me. People always think she's a mini Bert. But I, I think she has shades of Bert. Hmm. But yeah, she's herself, first of all. Right. She's neither me nor her. But but we are very similar. We ha- we we think about and deconstruct things very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I she and I had a rough childhood together. Really? She, yes, we did. We had a tough time until probably not joking. A few years ago. Really? We butted heads. Was it because you guys are so alike? I think so. Uh-huh. Bert would say all the time, how's it feel to fight with yourself? Oh, God. Are you enjoying that? You're fighting with yourself again? Mm. And I'm like, shut up. Yeah. But he was right. And I think we got to this place um, after the pandemic where everything's, and I think maybe during the pandemic may have helped, and, even though it was hard because, you know, because of her learning mm-hmm. difference, I basically taught eighth grade to her um, from the time she was out. And then ninth grade, I tried really hard to let her just do it on her own. But, you know, when a history teacher says read 30 pages in a textbook and oh. answer 12 questions, that's four hours for her. Oh. And I was like, We're, we will not be doing that Great. at two days a week. We will not. Good. So I will read the chapter aloud to you, right. which will take me 15 minutes. And right. then you can answer the questions. And she hated it. She did not want me involved in it at all. Mm. And I just called. I just I just made a call and went, nope, I apologize. I am not uh, disempowering you. I am making a decision to not have you suffer through 30 pages of reading, period. So and she she just hated it. She just didn't mm. want me to help her at all. Mm. Um, but I think after it was all said and done, I think she realized um, what I was really trying to do, right? And and that how much I cared about her overall because that wasn't about. And I've said this to her a million times. It's not about you not being able to read thirty pages. It's about you spending your time wisely. Exactly. And it's about you exhausting yourself yeah. for what. To read about abolition. Yeah. To no. read about the Constitution and when it was signed. I don't even want to read that shit. No. And why do you need to? It, and it, her brain's working on a different level already. You know? Yes. It, it just... Don't need to... Read for English. That's when you should be reading. It's your English class. Yeah. Yeah. So read for English yeah. all day long. You, yeah. You're on in charge of your novel. No problem. But right. for history, we're just going to bang this shit out. And we fought and fought and fought. We fought about stuff from the beginning. From I mean, you know, when she was born, she was born walking. I mean, like she walked at nine months. And she did. Nine and a half months. And then she was climbing by 10 months. And she put everything she got in her hands in her mouth. And oh. she jumped off everything. And she was, a, she climbed and jumped off everything. Oh. So I kept saying, my job is just to keep her alive. Like I can't even give her any like, let's read a book. I couldn't get her to slow down. She wouldn't stop. I was the same way. That's as how a child. you are. As my parents used to say, my mom used to say, I was like, I, I say this about Isla. I was like the Tasmanian devil. I never sat down. I never stopped moving. My dad came home one day from work. My mom was in the kitchen cooking and I was on the mantle of the fireplace. <gasps> and they don't know how I got there. 
So, and Isla was oh, the same. I, I came in one day and Isla was on our countertop in the kitchen and she had pulled the drawers out and shinnied her mm. way up the drawers. She was like nine or 10 months old. Mm. Um, so until recently, she and I have always been back and forth with me trying to set a safe boundary and her basically flipping me off. Uh-huh. And then me being like, don't you flip me off? And then she go, oh, you don't want to be flipped off? Flippity flip flip. And I'm like, don't do that. Every day was like that for a long time. Uh, you know, George and I have the smoothest, easiest relationship ever. And then she and Bert are like that with I was going to say, it's because uh, she's. Yeah, because she's Bert. But it Isla, is hard raising yourself. Isn't it? Do it you have one that you, Oh, yeah. Which my one little one, Grady, the young one. The one that, okay, I was at your house one day. Oh, boy. Here we and he go. said, he said, want to see something? Oh, no. I said, sure. So he put both feet and both hands on either side of the oh, door yeah. jam and shimmied all the way to the top see, of the door jam. He and had was, to perform for you. It was amazing. I would pick him up from so preschool. And like most little boys would be like, yeah, it was fun. But Grady, just like from the beginning, it's just wants to talk and talk and talk about his feelings, which is how I am. I mean, like I, I can... I can start crying over a lamp. You know what I mean? (laughs) But, you know, when I was at school, I felt sad when you dropped me off. But then I stubbed my toe and I got mad. And (laughs) then I was so happy because Sam wanted to play in the blood. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to just shut up. (laughs) And so that is very that's like, oh, gosh. And he he just wants to make people happy and is just i hope the world doesn't eat him up they won't the world hasn't eaten you up it tried it tried (laughs) but it hasn't no and it didn't try it hasn't it hasn't you know something about you paula that's really admirable is i think you know yourself very well and you set appropriate boundaries and you hold them would that that be accurate i that's my experience of you for instance I'm coming to that party, but I'm only coming for a minute because I just don't do that. <laughs> but I'm going to show up and then I'm going home. And that's what you do. Yeah. That's a boundary that you have I for yourself. So. It is. I guess so. You know, I can talk to you now, but only for 10 minutes. That's it's, a boundary. It's interesting because it's like it's we are we manifest whatever we have had to fight for. Yeah. And I have had to fight for that. Yeah. It's so interesting. But yeah, that is my experience of you is like, I I will, this is my box and I'm going to function in this box. Mm. So mm-hmm. as long as you're cool with my box, then we'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that in, in the most complimentary way. I don't know. Is it? I, that's how I mean it. No, listen, I just, I just heard something yesterday that said there's one common denominator in the people who have the most compassion on the planet. And most people think it's faith. It's boundaries of steel allows a person to have more compassion than other people so if you have a good boundary then you can give so much more to people yes okay yes that's what i mean that's what i mean that makes sense that so if i I hope i I didn't didn't, no 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 no. i didn't think you were i was processing it and i was like my old self going to, oh, I shouldn't have any boundaries. I should no, just no, give no, and give no, and no, give. No, 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 So that was no, just no. me processing No, old. no, no. I don't like people with no boundaries. Yeah. I don't do well me. with people right. because my mom had no boundaries. Right. So I don't do well with that. Right. Your boundaries are awesome. 
because I'd much rather hear you say, I can't come to the parties too many people. Right. And then I go, fucking get it. I totally get it. Instead of not coming to the party at all. Right. Or right. coming and being miserable. Right. Right. You know what right. I mean? There's so I would many miserable people. Ne- never want you to do that. Right. I would do anything to have somebody not show up who's miserable. Well, I, speaking of undying compassion. Yeah. Exactly. That's how you are. Yeah. I, had to do, I mean, I have really good boundaries. You do. I do. You do. Um, so, which allows me to have really good boundaries. Exactly. Which makes I mean, for a healthy relationship. Much, well, and look at us. And a great podcast studio. 100%. That's adorable. 100%. 100%. I mean, wait till you see my house when we're done. <laughs> oh my gosh, the house. But yeah, when I just actually heard that That's great. yesterday, isn't that great? It made me feel so like, it made me, it gave me a lot of relief because I sometimes feel bad about having boundaries. Right. Because so do you, I. you ultimately end up having to tell people no. Right. Right. You right. don't have a choice but to say, I feel I can't like it comes across as um, snobbery sometimes. I feel like people think, oh, she thinks she's better than this party, or I don't want it. Oh, and it's just not that at all. I don't ever think of you as snob. Okay. But I also am a fact based person who doesn't well, read into anything anybody says. I deal with what you tell me, which right. is, I'm not coming. Heaven. And then I go, well, you know, a lot of people go, does that mean she doesn't like me? Or why isn't she coming? Well, let's fill in the blank of 18 things we've just assumed. (laughs) And now we can react off that. Where does that get you? But see, that was me, my whole upbringing. And that's what I see in my little one. Oh, I know. And he's so loved. He's so beloved. But I, you know, the thing is, I think that's natural for all kids. Okay, good. uh, But And I'll tell you why. Every kid to a certain age is so self-important and self-absorbed, mm-hmm. is, and that's healthy. That's what they should be. Not that they, I don't mean someone who has no, no compassion, no whatever, what but for the most part, that's why when, when parents divorce, a child believes it's their fault, mm. no matter what happens. You're be- right. Because you're a child right. is wired, they're, they're, they are the world. Yes. So this happens with Isla quite a bit, where Isla will someone won't text her back and she's created this entire drama in her brain where I go, well, let's go back to the facts. You know, Mm -hmm. she's only been out of school for two hours. Maybe she had a play practice. Maybe she had to meet with a tutor. Maybe she went to coffee with a friend. Maybe don't assume anything. Ask for some facts. Hey, I I text you. Wonder if you got my text because that's what's happening. You're wondering if she got your text and then react to what, response comes from that right but don't don't sit here for two hours with yourself spinning this yarn right that doesn't it is based on nothing is does it, she listen to that does she, she does she's starting to do a pretty good job at listening to that a gift you know but she's yeah she's starting to go okay let me try that mm-hmm. what she's sa- starting to do is saying let me try that and then prove or disprove it right you know which i'm really glad of because That's so great and now I'm in a panic that I didn't respond to her last text. No, I'm oh no, 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 no. She's it's uh no, the intern. I, it's, I oh, she's so funny. Intern. I said you should talk to your boss about this. She goes, my boss. Um, yeah. Who's my boss? I said Paula, and she goes, oh, <laughs> yeah, my boss, my boss. Okay, mom. She loves that we call her the intern. She oh, loves she it. She is. You know that I was thinking about that driving over here. I was like, you know, I. Whenever I, I really enjoy teenagers, mm-hmm. 
And I think it's because I was so lost and hungry for someone to, to help me through it. Like I really, I really enjoy them. And I, I think it's an interesting time in life. I think, I, I just think they have a lot to offer. Right. Mm-hmm. And they also have a need. And so whenever I've done a lot of volunteer work, which we all used to do before we were mothers and then our whole lives were <laughs> volunteer work, I would always work with teenagers. And so I'm very comfortable. So when you said, you know, Isla has some ideas or something, I thought, oh, okay, I got this. Yes. What what, what do you got? And I mean, I have, I have a gift where she could have said this dead cat should go on a mantle right. and I could be like, I love it. Yes. Okay. Let's talk it through. Right. But she was like, I want this fucking green vase to go right here. And I'm like, my mind is blown. She's absolutely right. Right. Like, I loved that. Like, like she has it. She has it. I think she does. Um, She's an artist. She has always been an artist. Yeah. She's an amazing artist, a, like actual visual artist. No, I know. I remember you had things framed by your wall. door. Yep. Yeah. That's in her. the old house. Um, but she doesn't want to do visual art anymore because she keeps telling me she can't get it like she sees it in her head. And mm. it's frustrating. So she'd rather not do it. And that makes me really upset. And I've talked to her about it a million times. But she's very immovable at this moment with right. doing any visual art. Doesn't mean she won't come Which back is to fine. it. Exactly. But the design stuff that she was doing with you oh my gosh. is, it, it's just, it's uncanny how she can look at something and tell you how to fix it. Because she doesn't just tell you what's wrong with it. What she would do for me is I'd go, something's not working on this couch. And she'd go, you have the wrong pillows. I think you need to look at these color tones for your pillows. And then I'd go do that and I'd go, I'll be damned. Yeah. That freaking worked. Yeah. That worked. It's some, I don't know well, how that she bathroom it. she did the in your new home. It's everybody's favorite room in the house. I know. It's her bathroom. I know. <laughs> I know. It's her favorite. Everybody. It's beautiful. It is. And she did, the only thing she did not choose in that room is the grout. Not joking. I chose the grout because wow. I was out of time and I couldn't get her. And so I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm bathroom. choosing the grout. It looks like a magazine. It does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. She did it all. She um, just has it. She just has a good instinct for color and, and, and space. Yeah. And what goes together. So thank you so much for fostering her no, I mean, interest and thank you for sharing her with me. I just want to keep I want to I want to keep doing it. I want to keep yesterday, just last night. I like literally the Wayfair cart now has maybe twenty seven thousand dollars worth oh my God. of shit that of course we're not going to use. All tiki bar stuff. Yeah, right. I've lost my mind now. About, oh no! About you should see bar. her bright. Her eyes light up when I say. I, I was thinking. I think you and Paula should do a tiki bar. And she goes, "Yeah, I think we should do a tiki bar." <laughs> oh I'm like, gosh. "You totally okay. should." I'm going to send you her this should. step. Just give us the green light, and we will. Turn oh, you that, totally have the green light to that, tiki bar. That room is going to be hilarious. And if you can, if it's too hard, hey, I wanted a sleeper sofa in that room. If no, you, I found it. I, no, I found the a, sleeper sofa. No, I found a day bed, a day with, bed a with a trundle. Perfect. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. In a cool, funky palm tree. I mean, I got the whole thing. Well, you'll have to send it to the intern. I will. And see what she has to say. I shall have many a thought. She does. And she's been it. helping me up there at that house a lot. And she's got a lot to say about it. She helped me pick all the wall colors for the... Upstairs has a little more color on the walls. Mm-hmm. And she picked all those colors. And... um 
She has confidence in it too, which is great. She does. She's very sure of herself. Yeah. Was she born with that? Yeah. Wow. This is a blessing and a curse that she and her mother have. I was going to say. Sometimes we are so confident we make the wrong choice. Because we are so confident in our choice, we're unwilling to listen to anybody else's choice. That happens to me from time to time. Not always. But sometimes I go, damn it, I should have listened to that person. But Mm. you're almost too sure of what's in your brain sometimes. Mm -hmm. And another thing that she has that I have is um, she can read a person like that. And she puts up with zero drama and zero riffraff. How great is that? It is unless you're a teenage girl. And then it's super hard to find another teenage girl with no drama and no riffraff. Yeah. So I had I had I had girlfriends in high school, but I never felt super connected to them. I never Mm. felt super connected to women until I was in my late 20s, because until that point, they were all drama. You know, they're all about uh, hooking up or Mm. finding a husband or, you know, some kind of workaround for something, you know, I'll go out with you tonight unless something better comes up. Those were the people I was, the the women that I was hanging with. And I was like, I don't like any of this shit. Mm-hmm. And I see her having to deal with some of that now where as soon as drama shows up, she's like, I'm out. I, I don't do this. And I have to kind of coach her into, you know, drama's part of the demographic you're in right now. Right. And it won't always That's, be that way. Right. But you got to figure out how to manage it because it's never going to be, you're never going to have a drama-free life. Mm-mm. You'll have a sister-in-law who you're like, oh, my God, every mm-hmm. day's drama. Or you That's have right. a, a boss or a coworker. Right. I mean, it's going to be everywhere. You're going to have somebody right. that you have to figure out. How, I mean, I have some in my life that are in my life forever that I put in a certain place in my brain, and that's where I keep them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't open my whole heart to them, mm-hmm. and I don't invite them all the way in. You know? Yep. Boundaries. Boundaries. See? <laughs> What's your dream job, Paula? Oh, what a great question. Um, gosh, again, back to the after school special start. I stupid remark, but I'm just gonna say it. I already had it. Oh. I was on Broadway and had a TV show. That was my dream job. Yeah. And I did it. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. But now, honestly, my dream job right now, aside from following you around and just huh, decorating houses with you, right? Um, it's probably making spaces for people. Right. So you're already doing it. Yeah. Maybe. That's great. Yeah. I'm very bad at like promoting or anything like that. So that will probably hold. And and again, like as an actor, I went to school for it. I studied my ass off. I worked really hard. And like this stuff, I haven't. So I don't have that to buoy my confidence, mm. you know? It's about your confidence. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, my therapist said something that was great. I mean, God bless therapists. She said that she was said that there's a an incredible designer and she is one of these top designers in Manhattan. And she started because she was sitting on a park bench and a woman came up to her and said, you know, I see you come to the park and sit on this bench and I want my living room to look the way you're dressed. 
will you come make my living room look that way? No. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yes. So when I hear that, it's like, oh, okay. So that's what it is. You just have to get in touch with yourself and your artistry and that's worth. Yes. There's, there's worth to that. hundred percent. Yeah. So it's also weird too with acting because you're, you're, paid to literally be somebody else Mm -hmm. where this is like almost more vulnerable in a way. Oh yeah. It's totally more vulnerable. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Acting is hiding in a certain way from real life. Loved it. And yeah, right. (laughs) I loved it too until I didn't love it. Mm. And then I was like, Oh, I'd much rather write. Mm. I'd much rather put myself out there that way Mm -hmm. than acting. I, I felt like a phony. And that's what you are as an actor is your phony baloney. That's right. And, and that's an amazing talent and gift, but it started fucking with my integrity, like in, internally where I go, hmm. oh, you're out of integrity to show up and act like this because I'm too fact based. Exactly. So I couldn't, I, I was, a, I think I was a good little actress, but I, it wasn't for me. It didn't, it wasn't, it was never have fulfilled me. Is what is writing your dream job? I also think, I don't know, um, writing was my dream job. Um, and sometimes I think it maybe still is, but I feel like, I feel like being a mom was my dream job Mm -hmm. and I didn't know it. And I feel like being a partner is my dream job and Mm -hmm. I didn't know it because I didn't grow up with people who had good partners. Right. So uh, how did you figure that out? Um, I was really good at knowing what not to do. Right. I watched people and went, that's not working for you. Right. So I'm assuming that's not going to work for me either. Right. Now I don't know what to replace it with. So as soon as I figured out I was in love with Bert and that we were probably going to get married, I got into therapy and I the therapist I'm with today. I said to her, I have two problems. I'm in a, wait, it's the same therapist, same therapist. No. Yep. So for how many years have you been with that therapist? Um, about probably about 19. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. But that's but, incredible. But you know, I'm with her because I don't have a mom mm. to access. She is uh, older than me. I don't think she's my mom's age, but she's enough older than me that she's mom like. Mm. Uh, she's a mentor. Uh, I don't know about her personal life very much, mm-hmm. but I do know that she was very happily married. Her husband has passed away. Mm. Um, very suddenly and unexpectedly, which mm-hmm. was devastating for her. I don't know. Again, she hasn't shared much mm-hmm. with me, but I've known her for so long. It's hard mm-hmm. to not intuit some of this right, stuff. Right. Um, and and she raised two sons that and she's she was and she's just a happy person. And she's very I know about her background as a psychologist. She does a lot of work with um, with um, rescue workers who help in extreme situations and deals with that is a passion project of hers or if there's you know a typhoon somewhere she'll go there and give the relief workers therapy Uh. um she's just a wonderful human being Uh. i didn't know that in the beginning but i just knew when i was fell in love with bert i was like i don't know how to do this Uh. i don't have a model for this and i'm not interesting interested in repeating the models i've lived through and even the outside models, I have aunts and uncles that are still married, mm-hmm. but my experience of their marriage wasn't what I was interested in. Right. So I didn't know how to do that. And so, and I knew myself to be a cyclical dater. 
I was monogamous always, but I would in and out of relationships, in and out, in and mm-hmm, out, in and mm-hmm. out. I get bored. I get bored. I get mm-hmm. bored. And I was like, I need to stop that for myself, whether it's with Bert or not. That needs to stop. Like mm-hmm. if, if I'm going to commit to a relationship forever, I have to figure out why I'm doing this cyclical thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my dad told me when I was young, I would never date a normal person. He was like, <laughs> you're never going to marry a normal person. You're going to have to marry somebody who's like, a little out there or, really? or you're going to get really bored and you'll just leave. And that's what I kept doing. I kept oh, dating normal guys right. and going, ah, snooze fest out right. the door. Right. Ah, right. snooze fest out the door. And so I, yeah, I got into therapy to, to figure out how to do this. And she helps me a lot with my marriage even today because we don't have a regular marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a regular guy mm-hmm. and inarguably I'm not a regular girl. So, um, yeah. I mean, sometimes I go through weeks where I go, why am I still in therapy? I mean, we're not, I'm just complaining. I'm just calling her going, and this shipment from UPS did not get picked up and it's bullshit. And I'm like, I just flushed that money down the toilet. And then something will happen in life where I'm so glad she's there mm. because I don't have, you know, even if I had a mom, if I had my mom, she would not be a role model or anybody I would ask how to handle half the shit I handle. Right. You know, I raised my parents. Really, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was the parent in mm-hmm. a lot of the scenarios. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you know, my dad is wonderful. And if I call him about some heart issue, some real deep issue, he always has great answers. Mm. But once it gets really complicated, his answer literally is, I don't know what to tell you. And I'm like, but I need somebody <laughs> to tell me. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been with her a long time. And it's been invaluable to... The success of my life as a as an individual person for me has been directly related to the commitment I've had to learning about myself right. through this process. Well, and that's what you're doing with this podcast. Yes, is it is. You are sharing that with everybody. Yes. And learning about myself. I learned today about myself, mm-hmm. about how I get to the function and then I stop. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to explore that and see if maybe, maybe I can push past that a little mm-hmm. bit. Maybe because part of that bleeds into Valentine's Day. Bert's never home for Valentine's Day. He sends me the most beautiful bouquet of flowers every year. They're mm. the same thing. They're peach roses and, <laughs> and Casablanca lilies. Every, he's the lily. I'm the rose. It's us together mm. in a vase. It's very meaningful. He sends it, sends it every year. But he's never home. Well, this year he's home and he's exhausted. And he said, what would you like for Valentine's Day? I said, I would like for you to rub lotion on my feet. That's what I would like. And he's like... Okay, let's do it. So he's like giving me the best foot rub. And I. what's significant about that is I never ask him for anything ever. Not ever. I don't ask him for anything ever because I don't really need much. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm denying myself. I'm unaware of needing anything. I'm not waiting. I'm sure. So you don't need it. Mm-mm. So it's not like I'm in the corner going, I wish he would just give me this mm-hmm. or that. If I need it, I ask for it. Mm-hmm. And I asked for this foot massage and he gave it to me. He was so happy to just be doing something for me. And I thought, I maybe need to do more of that hmm. for his sake. I was going to say for him. Yes. And for me, because I got a foot rub and it was amazing. <laughs> and I got a foot rub and that's it. Like no strings attached. Yeah, right. So, yeah, right. I, I mean, I was like, this may be the next phase of our life together. 
is I've been spending all this time getting our kids up and running, helping him get this business up and running and not asking for anything because I genuinely didn't need it. Mm -hmm. But I think this next phase, I'm going to start focusing on the frills. Mm -hmm. Like that foot massage is a frill that would never occur to me. It would never occur to me to go buy that truffle a tree. Right. Right. And that's the same thing. Right. Is that, hey, how about you do this for me because I love you? You know, not because even because I need it, because I need that connection. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. So I learned that today on this podcast. (laughs) I learned something every podcast, every single one. I learned something. It's very rare. Well, and so do all of us that listen. I hope so. Oh, my gosh. I Yes. Because that's the point. Yeah. What'd you learn today? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That I have a panther named after me. (laughs) You do. Um, do. I learned the frills thing. I learned that I'm I'm happy and I learned so much. I could I could break down this whole thing. Uh, every single thing. Right. I mean, really, every time you ask someone a question or you are asked a question, I don't know. I just think it's that's what's so great about this podcast. And I think that's why you've been able to be so successful mm. is is um that mixture of compassion and um intellect and inquiry of yourself and of others. I just think it's, I don't know. Well, designing this studio has been an act of curiosity, hasn't it? Mm. To look at a room and be curious. How can we fix this? How Mm -hmm. can we bring this to life? What can we put in that space where there is nothing? Um, How can we make that work that's working, but not really? And then how can we pivot? How do we scratch that whole idea? I mean, we had the Two bears, we had the wallpaper going up over there. Yes. And now and you then, look at it and go, really? That was crazy. Yeah. And now the wallpaper isn't even necessary, but it kind of still makes the room. It does. Right? Yes. We would have never been like, okay, that's going to go there. That's going to go there. And, oh, let's put wallpaper. We never would have done that. No. And for you, Paula, the lack of ego involved in just getting oh. it right, that you had no ego about this at all. Hell no. And neither do I. Right. I know. And so... It's so easy to work with someone who just wants to make somebody happy. I remember when you asked me, you sent me this long text. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. About my fire hosing. And yeah. And I and I remember going out to my husband being like, let me read this to you. This is crazy. Is she a lunatic? She's uh, asking me to do this and this and this and this. And I remember my response to you was, I will do this. But you must be brutally honest with me. Uh-huh. And you must say no, no, mm-hmm. no. And I love that. I love it when I would send you an idea and you'd be like, me no likey. <laughs> and I'm like, I love that. That means when I do say something and she likes it, that she really likes it. hundred percent. Fact-based honesty. No yep. hidden agenda. No frills. Amen. So, yeah, I did send that text. I was like, this is either going to scare her away. Mm-mm. Or she's going to go, I got it. Yep. Game, recognize game, and let's move forward. Yep. And that's kind of what has happened. Mm -hmm. We we work at lightning speed. I know. Uh, It's so great. Decisiveness and curiosity are the key to what we've done together. And along with Jennifer and Halston, who Mm -hmm. did the pieces we are not capable of doing. Simply not at all. I'm not capable of doing all this lighting or wiring all the sound. Right, right, right. It was a, it was a for, it was a foursome. It was, um, that I was so blessed to be a part of. I well, mean, really, we couldn't have done it without you, Paula. So much fun. And that, that 
video that Bert's that you sent yeah. of Bert. I might have watched it like eight times. Aww. I mean, it just made me feel so good because that was what we were going for. And it was weird and scary for me at times, like not really scary, but yeah, scary because we were doing this whole, th- we are still doing this whole thing for him. Yeah. And I literally never saw him in person. Right. I still haven't. I don't you think. have never seen him in person? In your kitchen once at the old house. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. I know. So but my point is, that. even through all of this, like it's for him. Yeah. And I don't know if any of this is right. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I also, I loved, like I went back and I like started watching some of his podcasts and everything. Cause I was like, I have to know who this person is. So yeah. I know what to do. Right. And it made me feel so good. Yeah. He meant it. He he literally walked in and was like, you guys killed it. This was, he's so happy. He told me after that first day he shot in the studio that this is the happiest he's been with anything he's done himself in his entire career. That the, wow. building this studio has made him so happy. It makes, he said it made him feel like a grown-up, like he was validated, like wow. we heard him at collectively, all of us heard him and executed oh, what great. he wanted. And it was the first time he'd ever felt that good in his whole career. That some that's uh, collectively the four of us said, I got it. Yeah. And just move forward. Not that there weren't mistakes. I mean, oh, Jennifer hung these lights up and he came in and was like, no. Mm-hmm. And then we put two bears, one cave in like exactly. eight different corners and exactly. there's only four. Exactly. I mean, we just went all over the place. <laughs> so and then, uh, you know, we all had to pivot and we mm-hmm. all, you know, did things he didn't like. And we just pivoted mm-hmm. and moved forward. And it made him so happy, um, which was the so goal. Great. Yep. So thank you so much uh-huh. for everything you did. And I'm going to be sad not to be in a project with you, but we still have a couple more. Oh, yeah. We have a tiki bar to design. Yes. Yeah. Tiki bar. And we have to get back to your house where it all began. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. For sure. I really do need to get back over there. Uh, uh, You know what? I'd rather do the other one first. Really? Yeah. I had. Really? I had. You know why? Um, I am trying to go up there like once a week. Uh, is my goal just for one day mm-hmm. or one night. Um, Isla wants to spend more time there. Her friends are driving now and she and two friends drove uh, up there and spent the night by themselves one night. Come on. And they had so much fun and they are the biggest dorks. They did a puzzle. Oh. You know, they went and got fish and chips and did a puzzle. There's no riffraff going on in her group of kids. I love that. Uh, at all. So, okay. If we can get that place, okay. like, to feel like the studio really? feels. Okay. Yes. Because that really is going to be like a retreat. Okay. And then we'll work on this house. This okay. house is always in chaos. Okay. Because this house, I have five suitcases open in dishevelment in my living room from my husband who came home from Europe and then immediately went to Phoenix and then came home and then immediately went to Savannah. Right. And okay. That that house stays in chaos. So let's make let's do the beach house your oasis. Yes. Okay. And then that place can stay. And, and I'm also going to listen to what you have said and I'm I'm going to pay attention to the frills in that. I am not going to not finish. Right, right anything right, right, in right, there. Right, I'm going right. to go for it then with the yes. beach house. So Please. when you walk in, 
you it feels furnished. I would because that's the that. other creepy thing for me. Going back to money, like I hate spending other people's money. Oh yeah, no, no, I know, but, but you're very frugal. I, I and yes. I'm very frugal. Yes, and I'm all about hey, can we get it at Target? Because mm-hmm. cost it's, plus. Yep. I don't need anything to Home be a million dollars. I am not that office. girl. Nope. No, not that girl. Yeah. Um, I got this from Costco. Love it. <laughs> you know, I'm Love like so it. not. I know that's the other reason it works so well with us. True. Is that it's like we're not. No yeah. pretense. Mm-mm. Just want it to look the way it's supposed to look. Yep. If you can facilitate that and it costs you $5, I don't give a shit. I, I bought half the stuff in there from a flea market. Not, I mean, Goodwill. Oh my gosh. Like, that's all right. All the glassware. Stuff. Yeah. I spent, I think I spent a total of like maybe $50 on all of that glassware mm-hmm. and the glass ashtrays and the silver, uh, sugar and whatever. Again, that goes back to like the trickery thing of staging. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that trick. Yeah. I love that trick of, I can look at every single thing that we have in here. And I, I mean, there's nothing over, I mean, it's all really. The couch was a sponsor. The most expensive thing in the room was a sponsor gift. So, yeah, it was oh my gosh. from a sponsor. I, I yeah. did buy this chair. And I think it might have been $200. Right. From Wayfair. Right. Um, I think the desk was like 200 Yep. The wallpaper was a little expensive, but not bad. Yeah. Not bad. That light fixture was $100. So cute. Um, the Panther, the Panther was pricey. Well, Paula was pricey. Prop- Honey. Paula don't work for low Honey. dollar. <laughs> Come on. <gasps> Paula worked for high dollar. Paula cost me a little bit. How much did Paula cost? She was like, she was like $120. No, she was not. She was. I never would have let you pay that much. <laughs> I couldn't find one. You know why? All the Paulas I found were like in pounce mode. Right. They were super no. aggressive. No, that's this not was Paula. the only one that I could find that was in repose, semi not aggressive. I mm-hmm. mean, her stare is pretty deadly. She's got a deadly stare. She's very muscular. She's very muscular, Paula. Oh, she needs a little bow at the end of her tail. I'm she not does rest until that. She happening. needs some bling. <laughs> she needs some bling. She needs a tiara. She yes. needs some bling. Yes, she does. Maybe some hot pink. I oh, don't know. honey. We'll get, we'll get it. Oh, Paula. All well, right. thank you, Paula. Oh, thank you, I Leanne. love you to pieces. I love you more. And my favorite part of this whole process is spending time with I you. I mean, absolutely. Right? It's been uh, my favorite part. Totally. I've always liked you from the time I, know, I met too. you. From the time I met me you. Me too. From the second I saw you, I thought, oh, yep. That's her. That, yes. That I get same her. thing. And I thought we would be friends. Yep. And then, but there was never an opportunity. No. Then life, you know, yeah, the ages yes. of your girls are yep. there. Totally. I know. So what a great day. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for my two pictures. I love them. Oh, you're welcome. They're awesome. They're you. They are. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paula. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you, Leanne.